2: On this Friday morning hoping we find you all in good form and I have to say when I listened to the news and woke this morning listening to the news I always got to get a really heavy feeling when I hear a news bulletin start with a search operation has resumed and continues and this time of course we are very much thinking of the family of Cody Healy in West Cork he's uh, in his uh, 20s and he failed to return home from sea on Wednesday he's uh, described as being a very popular young man played football locally and comes of course from a very well known and well liked uh, fishing family and there's uh, pictures of him and I was looking at a lovely picture of him in the examiner uh, today And uh, you know, a fine, handsome young man and you just, your heart just breaks uh, for his family and we're thinking of them all today and praying for them all today and also thinking of all of those that are involved in the search who are out. We want them all uh, to come home safe and we know at this stage that wreckage of a boat was found near the coastline in Dunmanis Bay and it is a very difficult time for everybody In the peninsula, I think in all fishing villages, I think generally in West Cork, anyone that lives by the sea will have that sense of dread when they hear, for example, helicopters overhead or they know that there is a search. And of course, the longer that the search goes on, uh, the worse the outcome is, is going to be. So it is a bleak, bleak day. Uh, for people uh, on the peninsula where that search continues for the uh, for Cody Healy and as I say just want to acknowledge all of those that are out searching there's been many large fishing vessels have joined in uh, they've joined in with the Coast Guard the RNLI and the Naval Services are all um, doing their best in the search uh, efforts and I believe the civil defence search and drone teams have also been uh, assisting and we think of Cody Healy and his family today. Uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers throughout the day please. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We have a lot to get through on the programme today and actually there's a lot of different topics that the listeners are bringing up and we'll do our best to get through as many of them as we can but one that we got some calls in on yesterday and we held off until we could get some photographic evidence and this is to do with the proposal to build a crematorium on the site of the former Dohollo Lodge Hotel outside uh, Canturk on the Mallow Killarney Road and we got calls in yesterday to say were we aware that there were some signs gone up now, I don't know if they were put up by the one person. Their homemade signs, uh, whether it's a group got together and decided to put these signs, we don't know. And if anybody can fill us in and give us more information on who has erected these signs. But they're very obviously from a person or people who do not agree and do not want a crematorium on the site of the former Johanna Lodge. There are, as I say, their homemade signs, big signs because they've gone up on pallets and they're around the entrance to the hotel. One says hotel to crematorium equals insult to injury. Another is a smaller sign just simply saying no to crematorium. Another sign says crematorium and it is a chemical sign you know the skull and bones with question mark question mark and an arrow pointing to where the crematorium would be and then an arrow pointing the other way showing that opposite the Dohollo Lodge Hotel is a special area of uh, conservation and then there's there's another kind of a clever one that says crematorium question mark over my dead body. And that's up on a big board to say handmade. They've been handmade and they've been erected on old wooden pallets and placed around the entrance to the old hollow lodge. As I say, I don't know if they've been erected by one one person or a group of people. I do know that there is a change dot org petition up online which is say no to the construction of a crematorium near Bantir and Kenturk and they're encouraging people to sign it and up to when I came on air this morning over 300 people have signed that to say that they are against having a crematorium in the area. And according to that petition, they say the residents of Jumcommer, that's where the hotel is, Bantir, Canturk and Dumtarev are firmly rejecting this on the grounds, they say, of harmful emissions and then they go through other reasons as to why they are against having a crematorium in the area. Now, John Paul went out yesterday and took photographs of those homemade signs and we put them up on our Facebook page just to try to find out how people were feeling about it now John Paul has gone through and sent me in some of the comments on Facebook now all of these comments look to be quite positive in in that people want the crematorium Chris says I think it's a great idea it is much wanted much needed facility in North Cork I think it's a great location for it David on our Facebook says, Would you prefer to see the building crumbling and look shabby? Or would you like to see employment and business use it? Question marks. I'm assuming Dave in favour of it. Leslie said, Why are they objecting? Cremation is the future. We can't use, continue using ground for burial. We're running out of ground for burial. And Don says... They will be saying next that cremation is a contributing factor to global warming. All right, they were some of the comments that went up on our Facebook page. But well, We would love to hear from people whether you're for or against the idea of a crematorium being built on the former site of the Tohada Lodge, 1850 and uh, you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103, 103 And I know there are still on religious grounds, there are still some people who are against cremation, even though the Catholic Church itself has come out of one stage, the Catholic Church was against cremation. Now they're in favour of cremation. As long as people are not using cremation as a way of proving there isn't a resurrection. I think that's the, that's the Catholic Church's ruling on it. But certainly... If you are a Catholic and you die and you're using the services of the church and you're to cremation, there is no problem at all, as there was at one stage, they were against it. But, you know, one of those comments uh, is right in the, who was it that said it? Uh, uh, Leslie, there are more people going for cremation than certainly uh, than than previous times, but we are running out of burial sites. How often have we heard of that? Of people saying that, and then new graveyards open, and people don't want the idea of going to the new uh, graveyard, and councils are finding it difficult to find sites for graveyards as well. So cremation will be very much, and as our population gets bigger, I think cremation will become even more popular. I don't know if it'll ever overtake burials in this country. Maybe it will in the future. But certainly we need to look at opening more crematoriums because more people like the idea of when they die of being cremated rather than being buried some people by the way completely against the notion of cremation and then there are other people who don't like the idea of being buried and like the idea of cremation so I mean it's it's whatever whatever you want to do uh, yourself but would you be against having a cremation on a site like the former Duhalo Lodge it's in for those that don't know it it's in quite a rural area It's there would be farmlands around it there wouldn't be that many houses uh, around it it isn't in a very built up area like it isn't in the middle of a housing estate and being being a, a former hotel, it isn't in the middle of a town either. It's, it was a rural-based uh, hotel for those that don't know the site. Now, we're also going to be hearing and discussing antisocial behaviour. In this particular case, it's antisocial behaviour that's been highlighted on the front page of today's Avenue that's going on in the lovely village of Connor. Some of those stories think, oh, Connor with antisocial behaviour, thus proving, of course, you can have antisocial behaviour anywhere. Now, it seems to be young people... I don't know if they're young people living in the area or not but does it go back again to teenagers congregating as teenagers we all got together you all hung out in gangs you all hung out in certain areas but do we have a problem today that for whatever reason when young people hang out together they decide for a bit of fun because they're bored they're going to get involved in antisocial behaviour in this case it seems to be it's throwing things at cars I mean it's very very dangerous and I'm fearful of this kind of behaviour with Halloween, we're weeks away from Halloween, we're weeks away from a midterm break when young people will have time off and we always know, we always hear of antisocial behaviour I, and I know again we'll be issuing warnings to people in the week leading up to Halloween to shopkeepers not to be selling eggs to young people, to saying to parents You know, if your eggs are suddenly disappearing in your house, it isn't that your sons or daughters are suddenly taking a shine to cooking omelettes. So you need to be aware of where your sons and daughters are, particularly if they're going out with fistfuls of eggs. Because if you get an egg thrown at houses, it can, the mess that it makes trying to get it off, or eggs thrown at cars. We've had some very near misses of accidents with people throwing things off bridges, etc. And for whatever reason, it seems to, to this kind of behaviour seems to spike around that midterm break at Halloween. So we're going to be discussing antisocial behaviour by young people on the programme today. Does it all go back to parents needing to step up to the mark? And a lot of parents would be shocked to think that their Johnny or Mary could get involved in anything like this. But when your Johnny and Mary go out and they're with all their other pals and friends, uh, they may be the quietest, shyest loveliest children around the house but when they get, get out and about and they get into that gang mentality it's a little bit like isn't it Fido the dog on his own is perfect but you put him into a gang mentality with a pack of other dogs and we know the destruction they can do in the countryside it kind of can get a little bit like that with young people as well others will say you know young people hanging out together it's you know right of passage we all uh, did it And yes, I agree, we all did it, we all hung out with our friends, but I don't know if we got involved in antisocial behaviour. It just—it has to stop before somebody gets involved in a very, very serious accident. We'll be previewing tonight's Cork Volunteer Centre Awards. I'm really looking forward to this. It's a night to get all glammed up and go out. I'm going to be MC uh, this evening and we will be presenting 10 awards. Now, the 10 people have won... They know who they are. They'll all be coming along tonight with their family and uh, friends for a wonderful gala night. And then out of those 10, there will be one overall C103 Volunteer of the Year that gets announced tonight and I have the honour of opening that gold envelope and announcing the winner tonight. But we'll go through the 10 people who have been selected from across Cork City and County who have been picked out as volunteers for 2019. We also are are finding out why local people are so against the proposed wind farm that has has been proposed and suggested at the Mothballed super dump at Bot- Bottle Hill. I think it's 25% because that's a huge, huge site at Bottle Hill. It's an elevated site so you're thinking ta straight away this is a great place to put a wind farm if you want an ideal location for a wind farm to generate the electricity. But if you're living close or nearby the um, former wasn't even a former, it's a mothballed uh, super dump. You don't want to live, nobody wants to live under the shadow of wind farms. And there's been a lot of studies have come out about the health implications of living so close to a wind farm. So we'll speak with uh, some of the local people on the programme uh, today. And we're previewing a tribute concert to the late, great Joe Dolan. Joe Dolan sadly passed away a number of uh, years ago. It was a Christmas, wasn't it? I don't know. I must check out how many years ago is it since Joe Dolan died but I remember that I remember on St Stephen's day he had been stopped dead in my tracks when I heard that Joe Dolan had died and I instantly text texted the person who was my best friend when we were uh, teenagers. We were huge Joe Dolan fans. We knew all the words to all of the songs and uh, and I'm lucky that I grew up in that generation that I was able to get along and see Joe Dolan shows and as somebody has texted in no show like a Joe show and I certainly can vouch for that so I think that's, what's, that's what they hope to replicate in this tribute uh, concert and it's going on in the Opera House. We'll have details of when, uh, it, when it's on and then it's Friday so Mark Malone will join us and we'll talk uh, about some movies. We'll do that after half past 12 uh, today. And of course, your thoughts, your comments are welcomed throughout the morning. Thank you to somebody who says, Joe Dolan died 26th of December 2007. I would have said... 2010, goodness me, 2007, 12 years ago. That is hard to believe and he's as much loved today as he was when he passed away so suddenly for a lot of people in 2007. Thank you for that and thank you to uh, Michael to say, Patricia, yes, thoughts and prayers with the family of that young fisherman missing in Domanis Bay and the families of all fishermen who go through a very sad phase at times like this. Yeah, every single family of a fisherman and every fisherman Himself and Fisherwoman himself will think there. But for the grace of God, go any of us. Uh, Michael says, let's hope the search will be over shortly. Thank you for your WhatsApp to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three On the crematorium uh, for North Cork. Morning, Patricia. I can't wait for that crematorium to be built uh, at the old Duhallow Lodge site as the present one is not convenient down in... Uh, Little island for people from North Cork and it's always so busy. I hope it gets the green light and that it gets the green light soon, says this texter. Somebody else says, what's all the fuss about with the crematorium at the old Duhalo Lodge site? Haven't we others in this country and they're causing no problems at all? Some people like to object to everything and they object just for the sake of it. John on Twitter says, Patricia, this is actually a huge issue locally in the area. About the crematorium. And I'm wondering, is it a divided issue or is everybody actually against it? Because it says on the petition that's gone up on change.org, it says the residents of Drumcomer, where the hotel is situated, Bantir, Canturk and Drumtariff, that's a big area, are firmly rejecting this. So that to me looks like there's a big area. So it'll be interested to see is there widespread objection to this particular proposal? Matt in Malice says the old. Sugar factory site in Mallow. Surely that would be the best site for a crematorium, as it's off the road. I wonder was that looked at? Donal in says I feel they would need to do a lot of work on that road before a cremator- crematorium would open in the area. And Kieran in Drumtariff says you can't do anything in this day and age or in this country now without somebody objecting to it. Kieran says I was actually speaking to one of the objectors, and he told me the reason for his objection was that there will be too much traffic on the road. But, says Kieran, surely that's a kind of a false argument because when there was a hotel there, surely a hotel would have attracted way more traffic than a crematorium. And I think you're right because if, it is, if, if a crematorium does open, there'll only be so many cremations a day. And certainly, I don't know what it is about cremations, but cremations have a tendency to be much more private than an open burial. Anyone that's ever been to a cremation will tell you, much less people go them, you know, they might go to the church to the mass and and such, and then it's usually the family, very close friends that would actually go to the crematorium. I've never, well, maybe I'm wrong, but I've certainly never seen huge numbers attend uh, a cremation. So I don't know if the traffic argument is a strong enough one, but I think Kieran is right. I don't think they can use the traffic argument because there was a hotel there and it was a fine hotel in its day and it was also a very busy hotel. So I don't think that argument can be used. Uh, 1850. It's too hollow, not too hollow. OK, it's too hollow. Sorry, it's probably another one of those words that I mispronounce. My apologies. 1850.
1: That was by text.
2: 1850 three 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 one zero three. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103.
1: Eg File Mock, Quidden and Nea is Farlin, Shaw Eight C one oh three air Kirkig Kirk.
3: Is Margate Yen the English
4: market, a Lorca her Kirkie, in a will Rameshahan Staly Yakas le Lebushtari, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Staly Glass Ri, Shapui Cafe a Hodas, Klohish, Agus of Vatni Small. Tinkorola was so the atmosphere, Agus Blafele, and a hen shirgit in Villen, Miele Shach sa a hookta
2: now this week's Avenue newspaper leads with a front page story highlighting antisocial behaviour in the beautiful village of Kana. Uh Writing about this in this week's Avenue is Emily Ahern. Good morning to you Emily. Good morning Patricia, uh, how are I'm you? I'm very well. Now what's going on in Khanna and how long has it been going on?
3: So as far as I understand Patricia this this didn't happen today or yesterday. It's basically going on with quite a number of months. But it escalated to a point last Monday evening where someone was driving their car along the road and suddenly a stone came flying towards their windscreen, broke the windscreen, and it seems that it was a group of young people inside in Conor Castle. Um, and they were, I suppose, loitering or you could say, hanging around in there, and they're throwing branches and stones at car- passing cars.
2: So oh my I God, that's, that's a yeah. now that's a frightening experience. You're driving Absolutely. along and your windscreen smashes. Yeah. Uh, was the person driving it male or female? Uh, as far as I know, it was a woman. She okay?
3: Yeah, all is good. All is good. Just got a fright. Just got a fright. Of course, but all is well in that sense. She, you know, she didn't swerve off the road or anything. She she managed to to keep herself on the straight and narrow that way. But it was just the fright that she got. Really, Patricia, was what I suppose made this become a a serious concern and something that that the Community Council decided they really want to address and highlight this week.
2: Yeah, because this isn't the, now for the windscreen to be smashed, that's Mm. quite serious, but other cars obviously have been hit.
3: Yeah, as far as I know, there's branches as well that they're throwing as well, Patricia, like, and I suppose like that, while that mightn't exactly damage your car, but again, could could really be a serious incident if somebody for, got such a fright that they might, you know, just you take can, a Well, you'd turn. swerve. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could swerve,
2: yeah. the, swerve the wrong way. And did did I also read that they're playing chicken running across the road?
3: Yeah, it seems that's been going on now for quite a while as well. So that's up at the Cross, which is at a different point of the village, and um, where there would be quite an amount of activity. It would be the main road that would continue on towards Ahern, Rackhormack, and on towards Fermoy. So there's a lot of activity there, which traffic and as far as i know yeah they're running out in front of cars um in the hope that they'll stop and i suppose the fear is that someone won't be able um, and yeah. so i suppose the point that they're trying to make here patricia is really there's danger on both sides there's danger to the people who are driving the cars and there's obviously serious danger to the actual young people themselves and i suppose there's there's serious fears that either one of those young people involved in the incidents is going to get really seriously injured or they're going to cause a serious accident. So that's really... See, young scary. people
2: at that age, they're invincible. Nothing's mm. ever going to happen mm. to me. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the local people who are highlighting it are right to have concerns. I mean, mm. this is very stupid, stupid mm. behaviour. Mm. But somebody... Could be killed.
3: Mm-hmm. And I suppose the point to make as well, Patricia, is you know, antisocial behaviour. As you know well, it's not something that began this year or last year. It has been going on for a long, long time in villages across the country. Yeah. So it's not unique to Connor. It just so happens that at the moment they're they're struggling with quite an amount of antisocial behaviour that seems to be escalating really in the past number of months. So I suppose that's why they decided that it was time they had to highlight it, and they're just asking people. To try and find out where their young people, where their young person is, and find out, you know, just keep a bit of control and, and get a bit of responsibility going. And I suppose that's easier said than done, Patricia, as you know well. To mm. just try, you know.
2: But they are, in the main, they are local. Local teenagers Well I I,
3: I couldn't tell you that Now for sure Uh, I don't know for sure But presumably Presumably But I I wouldn't be able To say for sure now Yeah
2: I know I know I know Um, So yeah So it is up to parents To know Where their children are Mm -hmm. and what their children are getting up to. Mm -hmm. And that, that, as you say, that's not just for Kana, that's for everywhere. Everywhere,
3: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose that's important to note, like, that while, okay, the example that we have on the front this week is from Kana, just because, unfortunately, there was uh, quite a serious incident there with the the stone being thrown. Like, it's something that is occurring in various villages around our area and every area, you know?
2: Mm. Has Kana facilities for young people? Because, you know, the argument, Mm. oh, there's nowhere for the young people to go.
3: Oh absolutely. In fairness to Conan there's a fantastic sports complex there, there's drama clubs, there's a Froiga Club, you've got so many sports pitches and I mean it's a fabulous community and, mm. and would be have always been a very inclusive community, you know. Um so I suppose that is another question, you know, people always say, Oh, sure they've nothing to do with the young people are bored. But I would say in Connet there's no reason for anyone to be bored. There's an awful amount of clubs and community involvement that, that any young person would enjoy. So it's a pity to see that those people aren't getting involved in those clubs and and they're causing, uh, I suppose, a bit of hassle for other people in the community.
2: Yeah, it's shameful. Cop yourself on, is our message Mm. to those young people. Mm -hmm. And parents know where your children are. And I mentioned it earlier that when you were coming on, uh, Emily, because we're coming into Halloween and that midterm break, you know, that can be older people all over, across city and county, will be nervous coming up to Halloween because of what young people think is a bit of fun and it's not. It can be frightening.
3: Mm -hmm, Definitely, definitely. And I suppose, yeah, I mean, of course, it's something that, that, uh, you know, again, it comes down to the young people themselves really just to maybe look at what they're doing and just see, you know, that fair enough, maybe they're thinking they're having a bit of fun and maybe they are actually enjoying themselves, having fun doing it. But think about the consequences yeah. and I suppose that's just something that, that has to be looked at. Yeah,
2: their lives could be destroyed forever. Okay, mm-hmm. Emily, listen, thank you for that You're and welcome, thanks for Patricia. joining us. Good morning to you. That is Emily Ahern, who is a journalist at the Avendu uh, newspaper and you can meet, read more about that story It makes the front page of this week's Avenue. 1850 I can still see uh, comments coming in on the crematorium and the possibility of a crematorium at the old Duhallow Lodge. Hi Patricia, putting a crematorium where the old Duhallow Lodge was is absolutely crazy. There are lots of sites much more suitable. Remember Francis Brennan recommended that Mill Street Country Park would be an ideal uh, place. Yeah, but unfortunately, Mill Street Country Park is no longer open but he did, He re- I remember that, I thought that was a great suggestion from him, can I say at the time. Anyway, I hope the locals take a stand against this says a uh, texter. Someone says, Hi Patricia, surely there must be a good reason for the objection to the uh, crematorium otherwise there wouldn't be widespread objections but that's what I'm trying to work out I'm trying to find out how many people are, ac- are actually objecting. If you just go use the snapshot of Of the online petition. When I came on here this morning, there was just over 300 on that. I don't know how widespread that is or how representative that is of the people in the uh, area from John in uh, Cove and uh, who says by the way Joe Dolan was great and confirming his uh, death yeah he was and we will talk about Joe Dolan a little bit later on Uh, Jenny says on Joe Dolan I was DJing in London a couple of years ago and I used to play Joe Dolan video shows every week for the Joe groupies (laughs) absolutely loved it R.I.P. Joe says Jenny O'Malley he is still missed even after all these uh, years and by the way somebody has sent in a message and I'm assuming it's been texted into the wrong wrong person to tell me the choir practice is on tonight at half past seven so just to In case you're trying to tell a choir member and then they don't turn up, the reason that they may not turn up is you sent a text to me and uh, not to the person who needs to be at choir practice tonight at half past seven.
1: For the best weekend sports coverage in Cork, it's got to be C103. I'll bring you updates on cross-channel soccer racing, anything else that happens in the world of sports. Rory Burke kicks off your weekend with a comprehensive Saturday sports preview from 11am. Mark Malone keeps the ball rolling with Cork Sports Saturday from two then cork sports sunday completes your weekend between 2 and 7 p.m. through from the going for he's got it every puck every kick every score every weekend let me tell you what's happening sporting wise this weekend here on C103 for sport in cork it's got to be C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103,
4: 103. Now,
2: tonight at the Kingsley Hotel, a special award ceremony will be held to honour volunteers from all over Cork City and County. These inaugural awards have been organised by the Cork Volunteer Centre. And to chat more about the night, I'm joined by the manager of the centre, and that is Julie Connolly. Good morning to you, Julie.
4: Good morning, Patricia. We're all set to go, are we, at this stage? We are, more or less, yeah. (laughs) The final touches.
2: Now, remind us about how these awards came about.
4: Okay, so late last year, the government, the Department of Rural and Community Development, started a consultation process on the first national strategy for volunteering. I was relatively new in the role, so I figured in terms of putting our response to it, the best thing to do was ask the volunteers and the volunteer-involving organisations what they needed or what they wanted. And we went out and about, we went to Clonakilty, Midtlestown, we were in Yall, we had a couple of sessions in the city. And we spoke to over 60 people involved in volunteering across Cork. And one of the main things that came out was that people felt they should be celebrated locally, that volunteering in Cork should be acknowledged in Cork. So there was, you know, we filled up the, the document and we put in our consultation, um, but in light of that, one of the things we felt we should try to do was try to organise an award ceremony. So that's how it came about. It's directly from, it's feedback directly from volunteers.
2: OK, well done. Uh, and then you you looked for people to nominate and you have selected, it's 10 winners in total have been selected.
4: That's it, yeah. So we had 115 people were nominated, which is unbelievable. For inaugural awards, yeah, yeah, it's great. yeah. Um, and we had the the judging panel earlier in September, and it was a really tough morning reading through all this stuff. There were 10 categories, so the winners are known in each of the 10 categories. And then, of course, on the night, we're going to find out who later on this evening, we're going to find out who the overall C103 Cork Volunteer of the Year is so and that's that and I award. I
2: have the honour of announcing that. So I'm lo- I'm looking forward to that. The drum roll, bit yeah. where I'll, yeah. where I'll open the gold. Is it a gold envelope? I have. It's a black
4: one with a purple (laughs) shiny
2: (laughs) bow. Okay, I'll open the black (laughs) envelope with the purple shiny bow, and we will we'll announce the overall winner. Do you want to quickly go down through the ten people who have been who are winners already tonight? Uh, And the and the these are the ten in each of the individual categories.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So, where do you want to start? Start start with with the the youngest.
2: Start with the youth. Yeah, start with the youth award.
4: Absolutely. So, our youth award is going to a sixteen-year-old girl. Called Merrin Cronin, and she volunteers with Can Talk. Um, they're an organisation based in North Cork. Uh, she was nominated by her mother, um, who is one of the founders of the organisation, and the organisation uh, deals with families who have suffered bereavement due to cancer. Yes. And Merrin has been volunteering with them uh, since
2: uh, 2015. Yeah, and uh, as a 16-year-old, yeah. it's it's yeah. great to see young people getting involved. And then the student award.
4: The student award is going to a gentleman called Conrad Im. So Conrad volunteers with the Gay Project. So he is, and he is also the head of the CIT LGBT Society. So he's been involved in a huge amount of stuff. He organized their sparkling drag uh, extravaganza during Culture Night last year. He's done a lot of physical work with the space in the Gay Project in terms of making it um, more accessible to people. Uh, he has done a lot of work with schools projects. Um, I, I could go on. The, yeah, he's it's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, for some for done.
2: someone who's still so young, he yeah. it's incredible what he's, he's yeah. achieved. Now then, we go around the county for North Cork. Now there's an interesting connection here with our Youth Award.
4: Yeah, so Jacqueline Jeffreys um, is the winner of the North Cork Award and. It's funny, she nominated her daughter and hadn't realised that she had been nominated herself. I think that's so,
2: fantastic. I mean, so it and fantastic. it was Jacqueline who yeah. set up Can Talk.
4: It was indeed. Yeah. She set it up following the death of her husband. Yeah. And it was due to a lack of services. It was, it was. Area. And
2: I, I remember her coming in and, and talking uh, to me here and, and how she was so determined to use her own grief to help other people and what a determined lady I knew it was going to be a success so I was thrilled when I saw that her name was on the list but I thought a lovely connection that her daughter had won and she didn't realise that she'd been nominated herself so was I know so it was so
4: funny I had the pleasure of ringing her to let her know that she'd won and she thought I was ringing because of her daughter she had <laughs> absolutely no idea that she was after winning herself that's excellent so, yeah, so that's, for lovely.
2: No, that's for North Cork then for East Cork
4: East Cork, we have a lovely lady called Elizabeth Scully. She volunteers with Feroiga Youth Cafe. Um, She has been there for years. She does a huge amount of work since 2013. She opens the youth cafe every single week and she makes sure that young people have hot tea, Um, And coffee, some treats, she does activities with them and she gives young people the skills to apply for courses and things like that that they wouldn't have done before so children work. And
2: those youth cafes would not continue going without volunteers that's That's for sure and in uh, West Cork it's uh, an Irish Heart Foundation volunteer has been.
4: Yes Made Crowley. So she has been doing work with the Heart Foundation since 2012. She has done fundraising in Clonacility. She's organized free CPR training, gone into the schools and promoted CPR for schools program. And um, it's also a very, it's a very personal thing for her as well in the sense that her mother actually suffered from a stroke a number of years ago. And she was supported directly by the Hearts Foundation. So, so a bit of an emotional award for her. Yeah, but it's it's they're they're
2: yeah. a great organisation. And then into the city, it's been split up into two areas. North City, yes. the winner is?
4: The winner for North City is Neville McGrath. And Neville is involved with Farranry Community Association. And actually, again, due to her bereavement, he dis- his wife passed away and he decided to give back to the community So he started volunteering with and Reed Community Association and he delivers Meals on Wheels.
2: Ah, great. Well well done, uh, Neville. And then South City.
4: We have Sharon Mullins. Um, So this lady coordinates all the volunteers for Feed Cork. Now, they're an organisation that was set up a couple of years ago in response to the housing crisis and they give food parcels to people in need. So she does a huge amount of work with them yeah, as well. And
2: unfortunately, it's one of those organisations that was set up and nobody realised how long that the need would be there and it's yeah. still there and the, and the need going. the need is yeah. as big as ever. So well done, Sharon. The group award?
4: Goes to Homeless Help and Support. Oh. Uh, they're an organisation uh, based in Cork and they go out a couple of nights a week. They uh, Again, they give food, uh, blankets, Toiletries, sanitary products. It's just people
2: sleeping yeah. rough that are on the streets. Yeah, yeah, that's t- yeah so it's that's, fantastic That's tough work. And again, it's it's volunteers are, are keeping those kind of organisations going. Now, you've decided to give an award to a board member, which I was thrilled about because I, I always think that they're being the unsung heroes of yeah. organisations.
4: Yeah, so a lovely gentleman called Kieran Buckley. So he's with Mallow Daycare Centre and he has been with them since their inception. Um, he's been a voluntary chairman. He's worked in the capacity of office administrator for over six years without any pay. Um, and he has been described as being instrumental in keeping the place going.
2: Yeah, okay. He's a, a, a massive asset. Yeah, and then the, outs- the outstanding lifetime achievement award.
4: Goes to a fantastic gentleman called Frederick Lottie. Now, Frederick has been with the Cork City Responders Group. Um, He is available 24-7. He's retired and he's always available. He has been volunteering for years. He's been with the Cork City Responders since 2012. Um, He visits nursing homes as well, um, providing concerts for people. He's he's an all-rounder. He's been with Cork City Defence from 1975. Um, so he gave, he gave 47 years to that organisation. I God. So he's, yeah. Look, he's I a mean, very
2: worthy days, uh, yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Okay, so they are our 10 winners tonight. They will each be picking up their awards and then out of yes. that 10 will come the overall volunteer of the year. And I like the format of what you're doing, Julie, in that you've gone out and made videos.
4: We have, yeah. So we've made videos... I suppose a lot of these people, they're the unsung heroes. They're very shy, and I think the added pressure of (laughs) making them speak in public or having to do a, a speech after receiving the award... So, what we did was, we went out to the community, we met them, we spoke to the people who nominated them, and we spoke to them, and we got a sense of what they're doing. And we're, we have these lovely videos that will play on the night, but they'll be available for everybody to view from Monday morning on social media. Oh, yeah. So, they'll be available on Twitter and Facebook. And it well just,
2: done, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah,
4: That's we a... were crying watching them, to be honest. Yeah. It's, just, it's a bit overwhelming, so we'll have the waterproof mascara on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> to <try laughs> all not right, be so
2: it's, it's, it's a gala night tonight that we're all looking forward to, it, and I, I know our own Simon Murdoch from the breakfast show uh, we will be spinning the tunes afterwards and, and yeah. playing uh, playing yeah. some songs. So, so it, is, it is the inaugural uh, Julie a lot of work has gone into it you've all got to be congratulated on that do you, think, you think it will be the first of many?
4: Hopefully great. yeah great. absolutely I mean look it's been great to have C103 on board I cannot emphasise how much support you've provided to us to the sound people to the DJ to yourself like your researcher JP everyone has been Absolutely, Our pleasure. amazing to us. Um, so look, hopefully the relationship will continue <laughs> and it'll be the first of many.
2: Well, we look forward to, to tonight and, and the one common thread I think that always runs through with volunteers is it's the satisfaction and the joy that people who volunteer get from their work. You know, it's Absolutely. the one common thread you yes. will always will hear. OK, we will see you later, Julie. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get the cloud rags on. Uh, thanks for that and thanks for joining us. No problem. Go- thanks, Patricia. Good morning you. to you. Bye-bye. That is Julie Connolly who is manager at the Cork Volunteer Centre and congratulations to all of the winners. Um, we look
1: forward to our night tonight. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
2: Ken was on saying that I just, he's just spotted a woman eating porridge while stopped in traffic and Ken is thinking today has life gone that hectic? Now it obviously has for that poor woman who couldn't get out of the house or couldn't have time before she left the house to sit down and have a relaxing bowl of porridge so she's eating it in the car while stuck in a traffic. Goodness me. 1850 OK so many actions the piece I did in the last hour with Emily Herm uh, from the Avenue newspaper about antisocial behaviour. And one of the issues I raised was this new, well, it's not new, children have always played it, but there seems to be more of it happening. They said you have children playing chicken where they run out, you know, they'll see a car coming and they run to see can they get to the other side and who can get closest to the car without getting hit. Really stupid, really dangerous, and extremely frightening for anyone driving a car if suddenly a child appears or a young person appears out out of nowhere. Uh, Helena in Middleton said she was driving in a residential area of Middleton Town this week. There was a van parked on the left-hand side of the road and then there was a car on the other side of the road. There was children around. She said they were were younger. They weren't teenagers. They were 10 to 12-year-olds. And she copped what they were doing. They were running from behind the van and then playing this game chicken and running across the road. Now luckily she saw them in time and she braked. It was around 7 o'clock in the evening so it was dusk so it was hard to see them an accident waiting to happen. She said only that thankfully I know the area well and I'm always aware that there are children around but I don't know whether they've been playing chicken before, this game of chicken that they do before or whether it, this is new for kids in that area but people need to be so careful and we will have the Clocks going back at the end of the month, then we will have even darker evenings. So you, everybody, just needs to be so so uh, careful. Uh, listener from Cove says about those children playing chicken on the road. Why doesn't somebody with a dash cam on a car record what's going on and give it to the guard? yeah, if you th- I mean if that, if that if Helene and middleton had had a dash cam yeah you would have had fo- you would have had the footage and you would have been able to identify who those young people were and their children they their 10 to 12 year olds and maybe the, maybe them remember regarding the sheer corner could go down and have a bit of a chat with them and warn them off but we just need to be careful because it does look like it seems to be a new phenomena uh, as I say, I think it was always there, but it just we seem to be hearing more about this stupid game, and it is a stupid game because somebody will be uh, killed. Somebody else says, Patricia, there's a serious lack of entertainment facilities in rural towns for young people in Ireland. Parks around the county should facilitate tennis courts, there should be netball. Basketball courts as well as bicycle and skateboard tracks where youngsters can gather and get rid of some of that pent up energy that is the problem that we're having that's the reason you're seeing so much antisocial behavior according to this listener. There isn't enough facilities for young people, even though the antisocial behavior we were talking about this morning was in in Kana, and I, I I put that question to Emily and she was able to list out loads of different things that go on in Kana for young people so they can't. They certainly can't use that as an excuse. Maybe other towns I can, but it's still, even if there isn't facilities, that doesn't justify young people going out and getting involved in antisocial behaviour or getting involved in activities that could see themselves killed, or could lead to an accident that could kill somebody else. Nothing, you know, no matter how bad the facilities are, we can't have young people doing that. Now, let me go back to the crematorium in Dew and the, the the talks of a possible crematorium being built at the old hollow Lodge at Drumcorra. Drumcomer outside Cantor some of your reaction coming in on this it would be a great thing if it happened. Uh, we certainly would be in favour of it. That's just signed the Girls in Mallow. I live in Pan- Bantir, Patricia says this uh, texture, and most of the locals have absolutely no objection at all to it. There's only a few that I know, but they are the ones who will object to everything. And that's from Bantir. Um, also, Patricia, the questions I would ask those who are objecting to the crematorium, this is Michael, would they like to be left on the surface when they pass away i 've always maintained that anybody who lodges an objection or a submission should also lodge five to ten thousand euro. For registered groups of any description, refundable if successful, otherwise you lose. It will bring a lot of serial objectors to heel. Planning laws in this country badly need to be overhauled, thanking you, says Michael. Yeah, I, I can see where your frustration is coming from. We have... In the past, seen, I suppose, some vexatious objections. But I don't think we can link objections to cash because then that straight away limits people who have genuine reasons for objecting to something if If they haven 't got the money, so I, I would be wary of going down that route, but you are right. we do have serial objectors, and we something needs to be done about that, and if that means an overhaul of the planning laws, then so be it. Thank you for your text uh, michael eighteen fifty three 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 one o three. also on the program this morning. Morning Patricia. Having a lot of people living on our streets is shameful as when you look at the vast space of land we have in this country. The government should really be looking to build more homes. Uh, They are certainly not building enough. We need more homes. Uh, The government needs to cop on and do more when it comes to the building of homes. And Pat in Mallow, when I was talking about, we're going to be talking in this hour about the Joe Dolan tribute show. Pat wants to talk about the Brendan Grace show that was on TV. Pat says, it was one of the few programmes that touches all of the senses. Now, a lovely way to describe a TV programme. Pat says, I was never a great fan of Brendan Grace in his life, certainly as a comedian, but I always loved him as a singer, but I felt the programme was great. And while people give out about RTE, here was a really, really good production. So well done. Did other people see that? It was the show wasn't it, that Brendan Grace was working on and working on putting together. And then was put together after after he died, because I know his family were getting together to watch it and i 'm assuming it would have been a very emotional watch for them, you know because he 's only dead a few weeks at this stage. did others watch it Pat reckons something that RTE can take a bow for, and well done to them for putting it on now here 's a completely different topic that I want to raise because Mary and my apologies to Mary that we didn 't get to this yesterday we 've been talking this week about the budget and how you know how the budget People were coming up pretty much as is as they were last year. We'll all be the same next year because there wasn't much changes in the budget. Few people, old age pensioners or living alone, are going to get an extra fiver. There's the two euro in in the fuel uh, allowance, but that's only for people who get the fuel allowance. Anyone who has, runs a car will all be paying more and are paying more now for our tax for our petrol and our diesel. But that led Mary. And then we were also discussing about young, younger families and younger people and sending children to school hungry and the, the fact that in the budget money was allocated to, so that children, vulnerable children would be able to get a hot meal and something like 35,000 extra children were going to be receiving hot meals because of the budget and the money was put there and that led to a discussion on what has gone wrong, why... Why are people not being able to produce a good, wholesome meal? And I was making the point that, you know, you've got a lot of these, the German retailers, all of our own, the Irish supermarkets, all doing great offers on food. And that you can, food has never been as cheap as it was, say, in our parents' time when they were paying top dollar for everything and they didn't have as much money as we had uh, today. So that was the kind of the general gist of the discussion. Well, that prompted Mary to contact us, wondering Are there any other people in the same situation that Mary and her husband find herself in? She describes herself as living in a small village. She's in her early 60s. Her husband is on Job Seekers. But she said the sad part, at this hour of our lives, we find ourselves in a desperate situation financially now her husband is also in in his early 60s on job seekers and would i imagine at that age of life would find it extremely difficult to find work but they are desperately struggling because they have a mortgage and she said when the mortgage is paid uh, at the end and she goes out and buys a few bits of groceries and whatever they need for food she said at the end of the week she comes home after the shopping and she said she's lucky if she has 50 cent left in her purse So God help her if anything goes wrong during the week. She said, at 63 years of age, I feel this is so wrong and it really is getting me down. I'm wondering, Patricia, are we the only ones in the same situation? I'm one of those people. I always insist on paying bills. I would rather eat stones than not pay a bill. And that was a direct quote from Mary. There was one winter we actually had no money for fuel for the home heating oil we were absolutely perished and we survived without the home heating oil when the fuel allowance comes I just put that money into the mortgage account oh god that's just you're not on your own in you're desperate to keep the roof over your head there's so many other people in that situation but you you certainly do seem in a very tight situation from a financial point of view and I you know, I don't know, we every week we have a Walia on the programme with us. I mean, you're not in mortgage arrears, but that wouldn't stop you going along and speaking to somebody like a Walia the, under the MABS service and go along and let them see, you know, what you're doing every week and how you're managing every week. Could they renegotiate with the bank to have your mortgage reduced in somehow, your payments reduced in In somehow, I mean, it is no way to live. That you're, and you're probably a very good budgeter. You'd put any accountant to shame because you have all of your bills paid. You have all your money. You know exactly how much you have to spend, and then you go out and you frugally do your bit of shopping to get it down to having just fifty cent left. You certainly are a good manager of money, but it is no way to be living, and and I don't know where what part of the city or or, what part of the county. All all I know is that you're in a small village. I'm wondering also if this is something you would consider the good people of the Society of St Vincent de Paul. You certainly sound like somebody who would, could do with a bit of a helping hand from Vincent de Paul and they would be only too delighted uh, to help you out. And people give, and I certainly donate regularly to the Society of St Vincent de Paul and I do it, Mary, so that people like you and people in a situation like you're in, your husband and wife in your 60s, really, really struggling through no fault of your own. I mean, I don't know why or how long your husband is on job seekers, but at 63, I imagine it's impossible for him to get a job. So you're going to have to live on job seekers, And there you are, you know, trying to keep that roof over your head and pay the mortgage and pay all of the bills and you should have a little bit of comfort and it sounds like you have absolutely no comfort at all in your life struggling just to keep your head above water so Awalia I direct you to to Mab's go into your local Mab's service and uh, ask them you know make an appointment to see somebody it's a free service it's a confidential uh, service and I also would really really encourage you to put a call through to your local Vincent de Paul, they will do, they will come out and they will help you any way they can and they certainly would help you with fuel because they, I mean, you're in fuel poverty, the fact that what you described there, and God, I hope to God, it wasn't one of the really cold winters that we had a few years ago that you had no home heating on, but they certainly would help you with something like that if you want to put a call through and if you don't know or don't have a contact, if you get back on to, to us here and let us know where you're living, we'll find out who the nearest Vincent de Paul group is and, and point them in your direction because they certainly would help you up and my heart goes out to you my heart absolutely goes out to you but I know you were just wondering were you is there anybody else in your situation I'm, I, there are I, I don't know if there's many in the age group you're in in, in your 60s because most people in their 60s their home is already paid for and therefore whatever job seekers you know the allowance that they're getting every week they're able to live on not very comfortably but they certainly don't have to worry about paying for a mortgage. I think that's where your problem lies. and I don't know how long you've got left on the mortgage, uh, etc. But you you really are financially in a very, very tricky situation. If anybody has words of advice for Mary or if you are in a similar situation, um, I would assume that you would have younger people in that situation with a big mortgage and maybe kids as well and, and trying to make ends meet. And there are people who are, as I say, as Mary sounds like, the most amazing people when it comes to figures and budgeting and making sure at the end of the week that all the money is away for all of the different bills, they're incredible. because I know I would, have, I, I would have spoken with people who work in MABS, and they tell me that you know when people come to MAbs looking for money advice and, and the budgeting service that it is, when they come looking for advice, they're blown away uh, by some people who arrive, and they are so organized, and they have every single last euro and cent. ...accounted for better than any accountant could do for sure. 1850 Our 103, your lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. See 103 jobs. A kitchen assistant is wanted. This is for Araglin House Nursing Home and that's in Boherbwy. While an experienced construction labourer is wanted for work all over Cork City and County... And a caretaker is wanted. That's for a community employment position in Rathmore Community Centre and a part-time bar person required to work in Aherla. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now, last year, a Canadian company commenced pre-application consultations with on board Planola with a view to developing a wind farm. That's as part of the mothballed Superdump at Bottle Hill. People living locally have huge concerns about this development and joining me from the Nagel View Turbine Aware Group is Kathleen Heffernan. Good morning to Kathleen. I'm I'm doing very well. I suppose just start by reminding listeners the size of this proposed wind farm, and it's a battery storage facility as well, isn't it?
5: Yes. Um. They originally were putting in twenty-seven turbines, um, and now that's been reduced down to twenty-two. Now, um, I think from the very outset, Patricia, I think it's very important to say we, as a whole group and community, we have no problem with the turbine. It's the proximity to our homes is the issue.
2: So, And you're one of those homeowners? Yes. How now, close?
5: Um, they are saying 750 metres from my door. But the proposed, so they keep on telling us that they don't know what size the turbine is going to be or the make of the turbine. The proposed distance of the blade out from the shaft is 69 metres. So that turbine is only six hundred and eighty meters from my door.
2: And this is the problem, isn't it? It's the size yes. of these.
5: These are one hundred and sixty-nine meters over ground. Whatever I don't know what the depth is underneath. I, I haven't gone into even that. I know that they're talking about fifty-four loads of concrete per turbine per turbine going in. Now we need to look after. I think I mean we need to look after the ecology. We need to look after. But I think we need to look after the humans first. They have to come first. So in my area, there are seven turbines surrounding me. There are three houses in that area. And there are seven turbines surrounding us. So while they think all that is fine, it isn't. Not when, like I said to them, they did very, we had a meeting last night where, as, as you know, we had a meeting on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, that was the one in Moorn and then there was one in Glenville last night.
5: And there was one in Glenville last night yeah. and we all met last night. There was a much bigger crowd in Glenville last night and I would like to say thanks to everybody for turning up. Um, but they refused to communicate with us last night in the group format. Now, as I just said there to your colleague JP, there are people in the group that are not confident of asking questions.
2: Yeah, yeah. But
5: they want the answers and they're expecting people like me and Kevin and Amy and everybody else to ask the questions and then they'll process it and see how they go from there. Yeah, so,
2: because I know the, there's these five community information and engagement uh, sessions are being held uh, starting last year and, and running across this year. But from what I can gather, anyone attending these information centres, sessions, you're just not happy because you're just not getting the answers to the questions.
5: Exactly. We want them to give us... We had workshops in May. We had two workshops in May. We had one on noise and we had one on installation and grid. Okay. Now, the presentations themselves were fine, but any of the questions that we asked them at the time, their answers to an awful lot of the questions were... We don't have that study done, we'll have it done near before it goes into planning. So now they're talking about putting in planning at the end of this month. They don't want to communicate with the communities with regard to us wanting the answers to those questions. Like I specifically spoke to them with regard to I have a son with an autoimmune condition who's obviously gonna go ape for me saying this but um and I have um and I also have a letter from uh, broadband, that I won't have any broadband. Now, the government wants to spend £3 billion on putting broadband into rural Ireland. Those of us that have it now...
2: will lose it. Keep it. You, you will lose it because wind. of the wind turbines, is it?
5: Yes. Like these turbines are two and a half times the height of the Elysian in Cork. So people need to realise they're huge. They're
2: they're, they're, monstrous. they're they are, monstrous. They are. They are monstrous.
5: Absolutely. And so then, if I mean, we told them if they're two miles from any resident, if there were if any turbine is two miles from any resident, there wouldn't even be a meeting in any community hall or small area of GA hall in this country if those turbines are kept back two meters, two miles from any resident, north, south, east, and west. So we don't have a problem with the turbine. It's the proximity to our home. Are
2: are we still using the 2006 Wind Energy Development Guidelines?
5: Yes. Yes. You see,
2: they're outdated because of the size of the wind turbines now.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. So they're way outdated. Now they're saying they're going with the preferred draft guideline, which they keep on saying is PTA, that they're going with 750 metres. Now, looking at photographs last night, you would think that my house, And the scale of the turbine, it's not a whole pile bigger than it. So the drawing, from my perspective last night, was that the scale doesn't look right. So it's giving people the wrong impression when you're looking at these absolutely fantastic photographs that were taken. But the scale of the turbine to the homes is not right. Because if you're looking at my house, you shouldn't even be able to see the blades of those turbines if they are 169 metres over ground. My house isn't even
2: 10 metres. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and then, you know, uh, Kathleen, we're going to get people say, oh, you know, we need to create renewable uh, energy. With yeah. Climate change is our biggest worry at the moment. Uh, yeah. We need wind farms. It's just unfortunate that your area has been selected. Yes, and there are. But, I
5: mean, there is still plenty. At the other side of the hill from me, there's thousands of acres of forestry. But they're not allowed to put them in there because there was, there was 11 turbines around me and they've taken four from it. And the four were taken because of visual impact. But the human down at the bottom of the hill makes no difference at all. So visual impact is going to be make more of an impact to people than it is going to be with regard to me at the side of the hill where I'm going to be massively affected for the rest of my days. So the humans, humans have to come first. We realise we all have stuff to do and we're all doing what we can. But as an island, we own the most amount of water in Europe, outside our country. There is nothing stopping them putting them into the water.
2: I've been banging on about that, Kathleen, for years. I cannot understand why we're not offshore with all of these wind farms. And it is so windy out at sea uh, as well. And I I take it, Kathleen, you wouldn't have a hope in hell of selling your house. Even if you wanted no, no, to the, sell it, the,
5: devalu- the devaluation of property is a massive impact. Now, as as keep, people keep saying, you could move. I actually love where I live. I yeah, why? Yeah, home.
2: why should you? Why should you? Exactly. Why should? Well, I? But that's if I, you I could get some. Home. That's if you could get somebody to buy it.
5: Sure, I'm not going to get anybody to buy it. How yeah. i you know.
2: And then you know this thing that uh, Brookfield and uh, Quilter, what are they? What they're they're called? The the Coombe Green Energy Project is is the combined name. They say if they get planning that they will commit to community benefit fund to improve the local economy and social infrastructure. Do you take any comfort from that?
5: No, none no, at all. Absolutely none at all. No, and they have they're going to. The two workshops that we had, as I said, were on noise and installation and grid. And the next workshop that they wanted to have with us was um, the community benefits. So we told them that we didn't even want to entertain that. Really and truly when it comes to it, they want to give money to... I mean, in Glenville, we want to put up a pitch. I have three children that are interested in playing football and hurling and camogie. So it's not that we don't want these. But I can tell you if these turbines go in to the proximity that they're going into people's homes, a village never made a parish and you're not going to have anybody to play in those pitches in ten years' time. Yeah. And that's what it'll boil down to.
2: So okay. they have to pitches We did get on to, to um Coombe Green Energy project um asked them if they wanted to join in this conversation to say they declined but they did send us um, a statement. I'm not going to go down through it all but it's it's basically saying that they are looking at the suitability of the area it's been assessed for wind turbines and energy storage. They talk about the community meetings they talk about how they advertise the community meetings in the local newspapers because I know we had some people saying they didn't even know the meetings were going ahead so they say that they they did advertise it. Just the last paragraph they say the Coombe Green Energy Project has been designed to the highest planning and environmental standards. the project will create a significant long-term community benefit fund for the local people, in line with the draft renewable energy support scheme. The planning application is expected to be submitted at the end of October. Uh, so, if the planning well, if permission you know, is going in, do know. they have answers to the questions that you and you and the other local people put forward, where they said, no. "Oh, we're still"? I mean, oh, how can please. they put the planning in if they haven't got those questions answered?
5: Yeah, they see. They keep saying that they've communicated with communities, they've communicated, like there are six communities involved in this. So it's not as if the handful of people that are massively involved in this or massively impacted on this are the ones that are going to be saying, um, no, we don't want them because we don't want to be looking at them. Like I will tell you, I don't have a problem with looking at them, it's two miles from my house. But I have a massive issue with it at 680 metres from my door and two of them in front of me and five of them behind me. And beside me. And when I walk out my door, I see all the other 15 as well.
2: And is there huge local objection, Kathleen?
5: Huge. Yeah. Yeah. But the the only objection, Patricia, is because of the proximity. Yeah. Like, they're telling us, that they're, they're telling everybody that they're communicating with people. They're not. They're not communicating. Last night, there was 80 people probably in the room. There was a few people walked around and they wanted to get the information with regard to um, walking around, and you know, the way you can walk around the room and you can ask on one-to-one basis. The sad thing on people asking questions on a one-to-one basis is that if you went and asked the question, and I went and I asked the exact same question, you and I are getting two different answers. Mm. So this is why we need them to go with the format that we need, that everybody's getting the same answer, regardless of whether you're near the turbine or not near the turbine, you need the same answer. We all need the same answers, and we're not getting them. So they so they, they say they, they say refuse. they're
2: communicating, but it doesn't sound like they're listening.
5: Yeah, but they're not communicating either because we ask questions and we're not getting the answers. Yeah, you know, and I mean, they're they're planning ahead, we're planning, and they're ticking. Uh, as far as we're concerned, the Tuesday night and Thursday night are box ticking exercises. As far as they're concerned, and literally that's what it is.
2: Is that so all of the meetings? Is that all of the public information sessions over now or is there more to go?
5: Well, we want them to do, we want them to give us the workshops, like they gave us the noise and they gave us the installation and grid. But we need them to go back on those because they didn't give us the answers at the time. Like we had m- those information evenings in May and until Kevin had been in contact with them in August, we had no communication with them. But we knew that planning was going ahead so we communicated back with them from May, June, July and August, we had no communication from them. Like, they're the ones going ahead with this, but they can't even communicate with the six communities. You know, so, like, they're saying they're doing this, they're telling the Cork County Council, they're telling on board Panala and they've written in to the radio stations and they've put on the, and there's some write-up on, I don't know, is it the Examiner or the Echo this morning? um, But they're not communicating with the communities. They refused point blank last night to give us the information that we're looking for. That people went out of that room in tears because they're demented. There are people that the devaluation of property is a massive impact. Like, if even if I wanted to sell my house in the morning, I won't be able to do that. Because there's nobody going to come up and buy it.
2: Okay, somebody's saying the wind turbines are one thing, but well, what about the battery storage facilities? They yes, will be put in next, and they're yeah. a big worry, and, de- and they are dangerous uh, to people. That's part of the plan, is to, is to put in the battery storage uh, as well. Okay. Um, there are two There are two
5: battery storage. You, you, w- you, you wait
2: You wait. now for the planning application to go in in October, and then...
5: Well, they're supposed to be putting it in at the end of this month, but they're yeah. supposed to have all their community... Um, workshops or community communications done not as far as we're concerned they don't Okay. they don't. They haven't communicated all right, it's a story all. I
2: know we will come back to uh, Kathleen but thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining thank us on the programme uh, good morning cheer. that is uh, Kathleen Heffernan who is with that group the Nagelview Turbine Aware Group You know, it is one of those things we all know we need wind development, but, you know, none of us, absolutely none of us would want to live under the shadow of one of these. And they're huge. They are monstrous, these new wind turbines, which is great. The technology is fantastic. You know, make them bigger, the better they are so that they're generating wind. But, you know, put them in areas where there's nobody living anywhere near them. You can sense the frustration. And, you know, to hear her say some people left the meeting demented and, and you can just imagine this is your home that you built, that you want to live in for the rest of your life and to suddenly realise you're going to be living in Kathleen's case, surrounded by four of these ginormous wind turbines. Uh, yeah, I can understand why she's objecting. 1850
1: There are now even more ways to listen to C103. Tune in on your radio, go online or grab our mobile app. And now you can ask your smart speaker to play C103.
3: Play C103. OK.
6: So you can just follow me.
1: Try it now. Try it
3: now.
2: C103. Now I don't have very long with my next guest because he's about to go live with his own radio programme on another radio station. Ronan Collins joins me to chat about his tribute concert to the late great Joe Dolan which will be staged at the Cork Opera House for one night only on Tuesday the 22nd of October. Good after- Good morning to you Ronan. Good morning. Patricia. I was going to say good afternoon. Uh, you're, wel- you're welcome to the programme. Now you're returning with this tribute uh, concert. When did you first decide to put this show and how did it come about that think, you put it together?
7: I think it was about five or six years ago that we first did it uh, and but we call it Joe Dolan's songs because, I mean, Joe Joe Dolan was a legend mm. first of all and the, the, everybody knows the saying: there's no show like a Joe show but uh, the other part of the Joe show apart from Joe Dolan were the songs and I just was aware of his amazing catalogue of songs and what he did live in performance. And I just thought it might be a nice idea and a tribute to Joe himself and to the songwriters to do a show that focuses on the songs that happen to be sung by Joe Dolan. Now, to try and sing like Joe Dolan, you need to be able to sing in the stratosphere. So what we do is we have a 10-piece band, we play 32 Joe Dolan songs, It suggests memories of Joe from all his different phases of his career, from Country Joe at the beginning through Pop Joe and Rock and Roll Joe and Continental Joe. And um, it just creates, uh, I hope, a lovely picture of uh, what a Joe Dolan performance was like, courtesy of the songs that he performed on stage.
2: So is it is it is it just like being at a Joe Dolan concert, or, or do you talk about the man? Do no, you? we
7: talk about the man, and I don't wear a white suit. And <laughs> I don't have a tie with my name on it, and I don't look like Joe. And I'm sure I don't even sing like Joe. Well, I
2: see, I heard you do. I heard you do a very, well, very fine version of a lot of the songs.
7: Well, the suggestion is that uh, we, we do uh, the arrangements as as Joe did them. Okay. And, uh, so the suggestion is there that it's it's sung like Joe, and um, that that's a great tribute. When anybody says that we can we can make it sound like Joe, and uh, and if that's what we do, well then that's half the battle, and it's up to people then after that uh, to judge. And you know the audiences have come to it. We've been in the opera house before i love the opera house i do it with uh real in the show band years as well it's a great and venue I'm, yeah it's a fantastic yeah. venue and cork's a great city i spent the day there yesterday and um it's just a great great city and uh great lovers of music they were great lovers of joe and i just hope that the people who come to this show will will enjoy hearing it as i say we've a, a ten-piece band terrific band and uh great venue uh great songs and uh, me talking about a great man, so. And
2: and Joe Dolan uh, reinvented himself so many times. I'm assuming, therefore, your audience is a mixed-age group.
7: Yeah, well, I, I think it is a mixed-age group. Like, Joe's career spanned uh, 50 years, and, uh, you know, we do stuff from the early days. His very first hit, uh, The Answer to Everything, which was a country song, mm. and was done by Dale Shannon originally, and he... The next hit was a Willie Nelson song, so it was country Joe at the beginning, and then he became more poppy with "Make Me an Island" and "Good Looking Woman" and "Sweet Little Rock and Roller," and then he went into the continental phase of his career, working with songwriters like uh, uh, Pete Yellowstone and Roberta Denova. and and then uh, he reinvented himself with Joe's eighties and Joe's nineties, yeah. when he did songs by uh, Pulp and by. Um, uh, Bruce Springsteen and by lots of people now we've kind of stopped it at Continental Joe okay um, uh, only because they were the ones that uh, made the Joe show at the time and uh, maybe in the future we, we might knows? continue on but I, I'm not worrying about the future I'm worrying about the 20
2: uh, and weekend. Rona what was it about Joe Dolan that made him so special and so loved
7: I think it was a combination of uh, an extraordinary uh, unique voice Uh, Very hard work and a nice man. Uh, I think uh, he managed to combine all those things very, very well. I mean, he had a great persona. Uh, He was a very nice guy. He was loved performing. He loved singing. Uh, He loved being on the stage and he loved the audience and they were very loyal to him and he to them. And I think that really was what summed it up. And Joe was completely available, even though he was an international star. Joe preferred performing at home here, and I won't say he turned his back on world travelling. He did a little of it, but he really uh, concentrated his work efforts at home here in Ireland, and Joe was always available after a gig mm. and was always available if you met him in the street. He, he had no airs and graces about himself, um, and I think it was that unique voice and very hard work and dedication to, to what he did. And he
2: loved to perform.
7: He absolutely loved it. He loved he loved to perform and he loved playing golf. They were the two things he loved. And uh and he did plenty of them. And indeed, I played plenty of golf with Joe. One of his last games I played with him. We didn't know at the time that we wouldn't play again together was in September of the year he died. And um he, he said he wasn't feeling great and uh, and he he was gone by by Saint Stephen's Christmas Day. Chris, myself, yeah, and, and actually,
2: I couldn't believe when when I mentioned when I teed up that you were coming on the program uh, today. Uh, I mean, firstly, an outpouring of love for Joe Dolan straight away from listeners, but I just off the cuff said, "God, I can't." How many years ago is it since Joe died? Two thousand and seven. I know. I was yeah. shocked by that. Twelve, 12 years. I mean,
7: twelve years. This
2: this doesn't this. feel like twelve years.
7: Yes. No, it doesn't, and you know, um, people's life lives have been have been. Uh, at a loss uh, for some for someone like Joe, not not even for someone like Joe, for Joe, because he he brought a huge amount to to people's lives in all the years that he travelled up and down the country, and the thousands and thousands of people that he met and had time for, and uh, he was a great guy. He was he was a very loyal uh, colleague um, in the business. I mean, Joe had time for everybody, and I'd managed to forge a great relationship with him. He'd be laughing at me now. Ah, yeah. oh, Jesus, roe what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, but I do it uh, I do it with love and affection
2: Well And, uh, done.
7: and I and think if it's worth doing It's worth doing yeah, well Yeah
2: and you're keeping you know? His memory and his songs Alive as well Which is yeah, Which well, is, is that, terrific
7: That was the thing And that, that's what we tried to do So in the Opera House in Cork um, On the 22nd the 22nd
2: yeah. And I know you're in The National Concert Hall You're in Kilkenny And you're in Limerick uh, as yeah. well And health wise How are you doing? You I'm great that, yeah, You had that yeah. spinal surgery yeah, Over two my, years ago my
7: well publicised uh, Yeah that well, said uh, Just over two years ago A shot out of the blue uh, and a uh, shock um, but um, with great help great assistance and great support from uh, lots of people not least my family um, I made a great recovery and uh, I'm 100% And thankful. are
2: you back golfing?
7: Yeah, yeah hey, I, was well back, I, was, I was back golfing in six months
2: Well done, well done, after, well done. And,
7: uh, Bad golfing but that's a... <sighs> it doesn't matter <laughs> I'm sure it's not that bad
2: listen uh, Roland it was a pleasure to talk to you have a wonderful night when you come back to us in the Opera House on Tuesday the 22nd for one night only and thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us today thanks Patricia bye. I going to
7: bye. go and ring the Angelus bell now do so yeah, off you of go to you and your listeners.
2: thank you <laughs> God bless bye bye that is uh, Roland Collins What else could we play but a Joe Dolan track
6: different eyes Different size, different girls every day Different names, different games Took my breath clean away But I'm changed, rearranged
2: Gotta love Joe Dolan. That's a lovely, lovely memory from him called to Make Me an Island. Damon and Kildallery said, We had Joe Dolan play in July one time assuming the festival was it it was a concert on in Kildare he was amazing but we hadn't sold all of the tickets after the show he had a chat with us he said look don't worry about it we'll split whatever you take give me 50% and you keep 50% uh, he then stayed on spoke to everyone such a genuine man what a lovely lovely story about the late great uh, Joe uh, Dolan. not much of a businessman though be others who would be saying we struck a deal you pay us regardless so well done he does all us came across as such a nice nice uh, man OK when you take a break we have news at 12 midday on the way we'll take a look at your calls and comments and we'll talk movies in the next hour Cork loves the arts
1: We do too That's why we bring you The Arts House Every Sunday on C103
4: Hi it's Elmerie. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect Book To get stuck into
1: the art house.
4: Sunday mornings, 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: And full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. On C-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed
2: thank you to Brian who messaged me in earlier. My apologies, I'm only getting around to it now to give a mention to this. Uh, Brian says, hi, could you ask your listeners, please, if anyone or if you heard of anyone who lost a gold bracelet at Cork Airport? I picked my sister up yesterday. And I found a gold bracelet at the pick-up drop-off lane. My contact uh, details are Brian at 086 So if anybody lost a gold bracelet at the Cork airport, or you heard of somebody who lost a gold bracelet, but I'm just thinking if you found it at the pick-up drop-off lane, now hopefully it's somebody who was returning and could be listening to us or is back here in Cork, but it could also be somebody who was flying out somewhere. And as you know, they'll get on the plane or they'll arrive in their destination and realize, oh my god, I've lost the bracelet and won't have a clue where they've lost their bracelet. And if that's possible and somebody away on holidays, it might be a few weeks before they're back and they mention to somebody that they lost a bracelet. So keep that in mind. It was a gold bracelet found at Cork Airport yesterday. And thank you, Brian, for getting in contact with us and contact with us and for trying to find out who the rightful owner of that bracelet is. Can I wish the very best of luck? to Tom O'Neill, who is having a book launch in Middleton GAA Hall next Sunday at half past seven. And we spoke with uh, Tom O'Neill when he joined us on the programme. We were speaking about Spike Island uh, a couple of weeks ago and he's written a book. It's a revised edition of his book called The Battle of Clamult. And it was described as the IRA's worst defeat. And it happened on the 2nd of February back in 1921. At Clanmalt, which of course is near Middleton, Uh, almost the entire East Cork flying column was wiped out, having been surprised by a British Army patrol uh, later reinforced by auxiliary police. Only one IRA man escaped the attack. Twelve were killed, uh, seven after they had surrendered and two of the eight captured were later executed in what is described as a balanced and factual account of the Battle of Clamult, Tom O'Neill includes the formation of the Column, the events that led up to the battle. He gives a detailed account of that terrible day for the IRA locally and nationally. He also discusses the aftermath, the trials, the executions and the reprisals. It's a book that goes into huge detail about how the British Army located the Column even though the informer had mistakenly directed them to the wrong house. And this revised edition from Tom draws on the original 1921 military court file of the Clanmullach prisoners to provide new information on the uh, battle. If you are a lover of all things history, then you'll really love this book. The best of luck itself published. It's the Battle of Clonmult, IRA's worst defeat by Tom O'Neill and I'm sure there will be many copies sold in Middleton GAA Hall next uh, Sunday night at half past seven. Everybody welcome to go along to the official launch. Now some of your calls coming in on topics we've been discussing this morning. When we've been discussing... Children going to school hungry, this came up during the week with regard to the budget and the fact that Regina Doherty, the Minister for Social Protection, has decided what money she had. She didn't have as much money, she had in previous budgets, but she decided to put a big chunk in to giving a hot meal every day to children, who she describes as vulnerable children, children who go to school hungry. And that led to the whole discussion of why and how do children today go to school hungry. Well, John in Cove reckons... Uh, and he's basing it on his own life experience because he went to school hungry in his day. Uh, But he said it never stopped us going to school. We also went in all kinds of weathers. We might get soaked through to the skin in the morning going to school. Well, what did you do? You sat all day in your wet clothes. We weren't wrapped up in cotton wool like they are today, he says. But John's reason, and he says the reason we went to school hungry hasn't changed from then until today. The money the parents get, goes over the counter into the bar, they're feeding the pub owner rather than the children and then there are others who are leaving their children go hungry so they drive big four wheel drives and they look like they have it all. Yeah and absolutely they will be but again you can't say that about every child going to school hungry John but sadly yes there will be families who will be uh, caught up in addiction issues and every cent that's Comes into the household is going on drink and our drugs, and who gets affected but the children. And Regina Doherty will target children like that, of course, in the scheme that she's trying to bring in to make sure that all of those vulnerable children will get a hot meal every day. And I don't know how many people are still doing. What was that old saying, uh, fur coat, no knickers, where somebody was all the show, the big four wheel drive, the big house. But when you went inside in the house, there was absolutely nothing because all the, all, every single penny was done for show. I don't know, do people still live like that? Sad, sad if they do, but perhaps they do. And thank you to a lovely lady by the name of Colette who was picking up on my piece when I mentioned about poor Mary woman in her early 60s herself and her husband really struggling financially their husband is on job seekers so they're living on social welfare payment but they've got a mortgage and the mortgage has to be paid and all the bills have to be paid and then Mary goes out and buys a bit of groceries a bit of food for the week and she's left with 50 cent at the end of the week and it's just all really starting to get to her and she was wondering are others in the same situation and I was suggesting for her to go try and get advice from the Money Advice and Budgeting Service even though it looks like she's budgeted to within an inch of her life and I even suggest it and I don't know if it's something that Mary would consider but maybe knocking on the door picking up the phone and ringing her local Society of St Vincent de Paul well Colette sent in a lovely text to say I heard you talk about Mary in the programme this morning I was in that same situation and I was in it for three years but I've come out the other side and then Colette makes a very kind offer please pass on my number as I'll be in a position to give a small helping hand that's such a kind offer Colette but I really don't think Mary contacted us with that in mind she was more looking for advice and to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel I think even you saying that you came out and you know you do come out the other side of it, but when you're you're caught in that it's, it's almost like a darkness isn't it and when you get that financial burden and that financial stress and that financial pressure. And even though she's not, she's putting everything into paying off the mortgage, so she doesn't seem to be in arrears on her mortgage, bless her heart, because she said bills are always paid, she'll go hungry. The phrase she used was, I'd eat stones rather than not pay a bill. So she's one of those people who's going to make sure all of her bills are paid. But when you get, you almost get engulfed, don't you, in that endless cycle of trying to balance the books and robbing from Peter to pay Paul and making sure you have money for this and it can really get you down and Mary did say in our correspondence with us that she was really starting to it was really starting to get her down that's why I was suggesting somebody like Mabs and I think in the short term somebody like Vincent de Paul to help her get over this and as Colette says you know she's come out the other side and please God Mary and her husband will as well but thank you you have a big kind heart Colette and uh May you never find yourself back in that situation again. Okay, crematorium, still getting in commentary on this. The Mill Street Country Park is the place where the crematorium should be placed if you're going to have a crematorium for North Cork. And one of the main reasons is it isn't built on a busy 100 kilometer road. It's private, there's plenty of room, lovely surroundings and there's even a restaurant to hand out a cuppa and some refreshments. Or more, could one ask for for a funeral? Thanking you, says uh, Mary, and you're obviously with Francis Brennan, who saw it as an ideal location for a crematorium. And having been it's many, many years now since I've been to Millstreet Country Park's wonderful setting, it's closed unfortunately, but beautiful, absolutely beautifully laid out, and you could and there's great serenity there. It would be an ideal location. I don't know if when Francis Brennan did the programme and suggested Millstreet Country Park, looked at using it for a crematorium I don't know if they ever looked into it if they went to see would it be possible uh, or not but somebody else is saying that certainly would be the right uh, answer and then on the children playing chicken and that stupid game that we're hearing about that some children are playing in rural villages and uh, towns where they're running out from behind cars and it's not just in rural areas because somebody rang in and said it happened to her only last week in a residential area of Middleton children waiting for the cars to come and then running to get across the road as close to the car as possible frightening the life out of people. Texas says, Patricia, one wonders, would it ever occur to those foolish children that the driver of the car approaching who might, God forbid, hit them would be their older brother, older sister, an aunt, an uncle, or even worse, it could be the one of their parents knocking them down. Kind regards. My goodness, yeah. But they don't think of that. The... They, they, Caller from who was talking about Middleton was saying the children was young, ten to twelve years. They were that young, they were preteens. But I suppose no, the last thing going through their head is who's going to be driving in the car. And hi Patricia, I was listening to your program this morning where you were talking about the volunteers here. Yeah, that's the Cork Volunteer Centre, and we're handing out those awards uh, tonight. Well, we have a man here in Fremont. His name is Billy O'Brien. He's going to Mombasa in Kenya with the Ray of Sunshine. Foundation in January of 2020, working as a plasterer. You might give him a mention, only glad, too glad to. And he's got a few fundraisers coming up, give him a plug. There's a social dance night in Kilbrain. That's this night week Friday the eighteenth. Even yeah, next Friday is the eighteenth. Friday the eighteenth. There's a concert in the Glen Theatre in Bantir on Saturday the nineteenth, and then there is a Fremont session on the first of November. With all of the proceeds going to fund Billy O'Brien's trip to Mombasa in Kenya with the Ray of Sunshine Foundation, and he goes there as a volunteer. Yet another one of those wonderful, wonderful volunteers. They are the backbone of this country. We would not survive. This country would not be the wonderful country it is if it wasn't for volunteers who just give up their time. Uh, And they do it on, some do it on a daily basis. Others might do it a couple of times a week. Some might do it a couple of times a month. And it doesn't matter how little you give, but it's just to give to other people to decide, I'm okay. I've got some time on my hands. I can help somebody less fortunate than, than myself. And what you get back, it comes back to you in buckets to get back from volunteering and tonight I suppose is just a little way of acknowledging these people and to give them a little pat on the back and recognise them recognise them and I know they're all such humble people and all of them seemingly when they got the phone call to say they won me my god there was somebody much better than me I can't believe I'm after winning and all this and many didn't even know that they had been nominated so they're all very very worthy winners and we look forward to that award ceremony tonight in the Kingsley Hotel
1: The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie.
2: The Bandon Brass Band, along with local groups and artists, are playing in concert in Bandon Town Hall tonight at half past eight. Admission is free but donations are welcome to support Cork, Simon and the local branch of Society of Vincent de Paul. Bingo is in Timalee Community Hall. That's tonight, quarter to nine with a jackpot of 2,080 euro. Tidal Rovers GAA, they're hosting their lotto draw in Derry Murphy's Bar tonight. This week's jackpot is 2,550 and tickets are available from Jerry O'Donoghue. Harvest Thanksgiving Festival at Glengareth Church of Ireland in Cloning. Kilty that's on tonight at half past eight. All are welcome. And tickets are now on sale. The Grand Draw for the Ballyhay Community Hall. It'll be held in the Corbett Court on Friday the 15th of November. So it's a month away. Uh, tickets are priced at €10 Euro and they're on sale with great prizes sponsored by the Childhood Plant Hire and Varna. And those tickets on sale now. Now we are trying to track down a lady who was at Cork Airport on Tuesday night I believe and who found a gold cross and chain Mary in Clannacilty joins me with more on this story uh, Good afternoon to you Mary Good afternoon
8: Patricia It's your hobbies,
2: chain and cross It is it's Okay tell us what happened
8: What happened was we were queuing in the in the queue in Alicante Airport to board a flight for Cork on Tuesday night on the 11.59 flight and we arrived in the Cork at 2.20 but in the queue um was this lady came up and she found a gold cross and chain and she actually said it to me and she said it to everyone around the queue in front for she it had been dropped on the floor and I said no it wasn't ours was at all. So anyway I came home and on Wednesday evening my husband checked. He said, I'm after losing my gold cross and chain. I didn't realise he had it on him on holidays because he had put it into the passport pocket of for uh, with our passports and when I pulled out the passports, the queue and the queue, I pulled it out but I didn't know it was there. So I didn't even look at it. So this lady from Cork found it. And she was very honest. She came up on the queue and I didn't know either with him because they had warned us and all of this. He'd taken me off for safekeeping.
2: So she got on that flight?
8: She got on the flight from Alicante to Cork. So she's from the city out there from Cork. She seemed to have a Cork accent to me anyway. Okay. And she was on the Cork. We came into Cork Airport at 2.20. She found it at Alicante Airport in the queue yeah. doing check-in.
2: So that's, yeah, that's an unusual story. That that, that should stand out because I was going to say did you check with Cork Airport? But if she found it at Alicante Airport she mightn't have handed it in to you, although know, you've lost and found. I, I
8: don't think she would have, you know. No, it to be no. in the queue. But what annoys me most is the fact that she actually asked me about I it. I know. I didn't think he had it with him. And so you, did you it, even look at it? No. I didn't, no, because no. I said, no, it's not ours, you know, but I, I know, know it probably is because he lost it. I can describe it. It's a gold um, gold chain and it's an open chain and it, the figure on the cross is raised.
2: Okay, you know, and it has,
8: is, is it sentimental? Value. it's over it is, over. There is mental value. It's over 40 years old I gave to him when he was sick
2: oh, oh no oh goodness ok yeah. alright we really have to try and get this and get this back so the lady she's a very honest lady anyway the fact that she was going yes. up and down the queue trying to say who owns and this and I
8: actually said it's my because there was another couple chatting with us and I said isn't she a very honest lady now to pick that up and to say to people is it anybody and she would look right on the queue but I, as I said I had no idea the and chain was and because he'd put it into the passport pocket when he arrived in Alicante, and he had been wondering for the 10 days we were there. So it's when he went to get it, when he came back. He wasn't there when she passed up and down, so I didn't know if it was his.
2: Okay, know. okay. And it's just to get the message out if okay, she's yeah. listening or if somebody else heard. You know the way you, you, you'd you hear somebody say, oh, you'll never guess I found a lovely gold chain and I couldn't find I out who owned it. Somebody yeah. may ring a bell with somebody and it's only Tuesday of this week and it, it was... Yeah. late flight
8: it was, it was a late flight 11.59 12 o'clock leaving Alicante into Cork Airport at 20 past 2
2: ok and were you just over there for the week or were you there we for was over
8: there for 10 days was it good it was lovely the weather was think, too hot was it? but it was well, lovely that's... we enjoyed it it was nice and relaxing
2: yeah and this has kind of taken the shine off it all to it has the grass. it has
8: a little bit yeah it and it's but,
2: funny because only today I've had a text in from a gentleman who was at the airport picking up his sister yesterday and he found a gold bracelet at oh dear, the drop-off yeah. and the collection point, and he's and I was making the point that that could have been somebody getting onto a flight, and That's they're out that. of the country, so yeah. you know it might be a few weeks before that person is back home to realise yeah. I've I lost I could have lost at the airport. Okay, listen, we put the appeal out there, we'll put it up on our Facebook page as well, uh, Mary, and fingers crossed. What's Hobby's name? Pat. 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 Okay, yeah. and he's got it as well. He wants to chain was, across. He
5: very, yeah. Yeah.
2: He is, yeah he okay, is. please. Yeah. Did you, and I never.
5: Hours all the time, seven days a week, you know.
8: And he just and
5: what
2: he took it off on holidays was it for
8: safekeeping in case he'd lose it? Yeah, oh you know, put I it in the passport wallet as I said. And when I pulled up the passport the check-in, it dropped on the floor, and I didn't know it was there.
2: I know, easily done. And easily you've, done. have you done the prayer to Saint Anthony? I haven't actually. I might do, do, do that because do the prayer. very yeah, good. Go on, yeah. yeah, promise him money do. though. He's a businessman. Yeah. Oh, I know to pay that. Yeah. Listen, Mary. Please, God, fingers crossed in all of that, and hopefully we'll we'll get we'll we'll locate that cross and chain. But thanks for calling. Thanks for, Thanks for your, thank your call. Privilege. Bye 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 bye. If anybody, as I say if it rings a bell with somebody, you know the way it would be ideal if somebody's listening to us, if the lady herself is listening to the programme and realises oh that's the cross and chain I found but she may have said it to somebody else you never guess I found a gold cross and chain and she's obviously a very honest lady the fact that she went up and down trying to find Pat but little did Mary know that the cross that she was talking about was actually Pat's and after 41 years it'll be absolutely lovely to get that cross back and back around Pat's neck where I imagine it'll never leave again 1850 333 John Paul has taken your calls you can text our WhatsApp to 862 103, 103. Nick
1: Richards weekday afternoons from 1 C103 I'm at the finish line of the Women's
0: Mini Marathon with Rita how was it for you?
4: It was great yeah it was great yeah I am made myself.
2: I'm quicker than I actually thought I would do. So you'll be back next year to do it again. I will, and I bring my daughter and more friends as well. Yeah. You'll be even faster next year. Even faster, hopefully. Yeah.
6: What's the plan for the rest of the afternoon? Actually, go home and uh, get lunches ready for school. You never stop being a mom, do you? No, never. No, that's it. Weekday afternoon from one C one o three.
1: This is the Cork Today replay on C one o three.
2: Mark Malone, our movie reviewer joining us. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mark. You. And you are very welcome. OK, you went to see, and I'm really interested to hear what you got on here. You went on to see The Joker and then on a DVD, it's a, an animation called Strike. But let's start with a trailer from The Joker.
1: Arthur, this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, to do
6: you? You ask the same question every week. What? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice.
2: Send in the- Oh, sending the clowns. Um, on Monday morning, when I came in, one of the first emails I got in was from somebody who went along to the movies to see this mm-hmm. and asked me to warn parents. Yeah, if you were considering <laughs> children that this is not a movie for, for children uh, yeah
0: it's not Adam West's Batman yeah. do you know what I mean let's make that quite clear because over the years you know especially the character of Joker um, the Joker has become more and more deeper and darker and more violent I mean and creepy well exactly I mean, when you think his voice there when you think back to the early kind of Batmans that we watched with Adam West it was Cesar yeah. Romero who kind of played him as a kind of a cartoon figure he was and a then, Joker yeah exactly and then Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson uh, took yeah. part Jack Nicholson uh, also we had and of course when Heath Ledger of course it just catapulted the violence and the level of violence just mm. you know it went to Different it, the stratosphere it was and I got very upset with uh, some of the levels of violence on that and so now here we have again and this of course is the film which doesn't really know, it d- does reference Batman in a kind of a really kind of cool kind of an odd kind of a way uh, but here it's just all about Joker here played by Joaquin Phoenix and yes I mean the film has been huge hugely controversial and people have looked upon it as, as dangerous and, um, and initially it was there was a huge backlash again not, not initially first of all it went to the the um, some of the film festivals around Europe I think at Cannes it got a standing ovation for like 10 minutes and people thought this is just a work of art this is wonderful uh, but then people who a lot of people who hadn't seen the film were kind of criticised and kind of worried about it if it's about a film uh, about a young man who has a, a level of uh, mental problems um, and feeling sorry for himself and then society you know just uh, spurning him and therefore um, as all of the, the you know his problems multiply he then becomes more violent and more violent and more violent and expresses himself uh, through violence. And people thought, look, you know, there's a worry that people might watch this and there might be copycat violence after it. But I think you can pr- practically say that about practically every violent film That's ever made. That's you true. Know, and you go back to you books. You can't just pick go up go back this to one. even radio. You go back yeah. to books. You yeah. go back, you know what I mean? That's true. And so... Um, yeah it's an extraordinary film and I you know I was a bit worried about when I did see it I would be worried about the violence but actually a lot of the violence it's actually not as violence as the Heath Ledger Dark Knight um, Joker I think where a lot of the violence was in your face and I was quite upset with uh, with some of the scenes of that here a lot of the violence does happen off camera which of course can be worse uh, to some people you know uh, so when we meet Joaquin Phoenix he's a clown he works on the street he holds these signs up uh, you know telling what shops and what's happening and what's oh, the same. I always
2: sorry for those people yeah I
0: don't. Do I don't. Not not at all. Fair juice to them, you know what well, I mean? Well, that's what I think. I do yeah. think fair juice is the thing, my God, it's a tough job, though. you No where there's... Uh, exactly, yeah, but, you know, uh, I always uh, respect him for doing it, and, uh, and this is what he does. The problem is he's got this m- maniacal kind of laugh, which is part of his kind of psyche, and if he gets nervous or worried in any way, he laughs out loud, which people misinterpret. And so therefore, they you get a lot of, you know, are you laughing at me? And so therefore, he tends to be the subject of quite a lot of street violence uh, be, because of that. Uh, but he, he is
2: a troubled he's 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 very much yeah, he's on a huge amount of medication yeah, okay, and
0: right. uh, yeah and uh, he's doing a lot of therapy but the therapist at one stage says to him look you know we don't have any more funding i won't be available to you and neither will your your medicines that you have to take to try and control uh, your anger um, he lives at home with his mother he is uh, quite a lonely man but he has this um this wish to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, But the problem is, is what he finds funny, nobody else really does. Dark humour. And he becomes obsessed with Robert De Niro, who plays this kind of talk show uh, host by the name of uh, Murray Franklin. What's very interesting is that here and this part of the film references a lot of Robert De Niro uh, films. There was The King of Comedy a couple of years ago, which had a very, very similar premise. In that, Robert De Niro becomes obsessed with Jerry Lewis, the television presenter, and then kidnaps him. And then, you know, because he too wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And also then, it also references kind of taxi driver and the violence of taxi. Driver and Death okay. Wish as well. So look, this is not an easy watch. It really isn't. And it is very dark and it's it's but it is extraordinary. And it's extraordinary mainly because of this performance by uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who is absolutely amazing. He lost a ton of weight for it for it. You know, he's like the skeletal figure in this film. And the film basically tends to concentrate on his face now it's got a 55 million budget I don't know where that went because unless it went on Robert De Niro's paycheck I've no idea because mainly the film is just concentrating on this extraordinary man and this extraordinary performance I mean I've never seen anything like this this is as good as anything I've ever seen it is absolutely amazing Is it Oscar material? Oh without a doubt I think yeah and you know but I will say to people look you know it is violent and there are times when it does explode into violence it is quite shocking but I thought in in no way is it subtle Uh, but then it is directed by Todd Phillips, who made the Hangover movies, um, which are—and this is very, very different to that yes, it's repellent at times. Yes, it's disgusting, but it's also brilliant.
2: Okay, but you—you you go there knowing that there's going to be a lot yeah, of don't be the kids scenes. along. Yeah, sixteen, sir. Yeah, 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 out, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I think that the listener who contacted us was because it was the Joker, yeah. and because kids are into the Batman movies Batman and Robin that some parents might think oh this is okay it's not, not in no. any way suitable no. it's a 16 search is it? It is yeah, yeah. Okay. So Mark Joker out of 10? Uh, give it 9 9 mm-hmm. out of 10 Okay so you definitely would um, for those into those kind of movies go along and see it Now complete opposite ends here's an animation adventure comedy called Strike
0: Yeah uh, which I'm not going to review Why? Because I didn't see it
2: Oh did you not? Okay No Oh sorry I've got that in front of me
0: Yeah no Okay I <laughs> I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, yeah. Because uh, last Monday I met you in the canteen and you yeah. turned to me and you said Downton Abbey Yeah You're going to hate it Yeah Oh,
2: then, did she go see Downton Abbey Then you
0: went During yeah. the week on air You yeah. said Mark Malone is not going to like this movie Yeah did
2: you, go, did you watch it? I went to see it last night Oh, <laughs> oh Happy days Go on tell us No because because you, you, your wife like me was a big fan of Downton Abbey yeah. And you weren't and she used to watch it at home and you didn't watch it no. With her So she went along with, with her, so her sister mom. Her mum Yeah And, uh, and like they me it. They loved it they did, did you go on your own?
0: I did Ah <laughs> I was in a cinema with fifty women and one husband.
2: Go on, go on, well, what did you think?
0: Well I'll tell you this, you said I would hate it. And yeah, do you know something? You, did. you are wrong. Oh, I liked it very much. Oh. I thought it was terrific Knock me over with a feather But I didn't I didn't say I didn't like the TV series Because it's that My, my kind of thing I just don't okay. do dramas You know that Okay alright Go on tell I, us Tell, I, us, tell
2: I, us what I, you I, loved about it Okay
0: what I loved about it Was was Okay the depiction of that era I think is beautifully redone yeah. I think the performances Are amazing I think you know You can actually hear What these people are saying On like if you watch Something like Peaky Blinders Where everybody's growling At each other And yeah. I, I can't understand What they're saying I thought the music By John Lund Was absolutely terrific You have that opening sequence With that train You know through the countryside It was just absolutely extraordinary and lovely now I was very confused because my wife did say to me you're going to go into this film you're not going to have any idea what people what it's all about and she was right and I should have asked her first yeah. because when I started watching it I'm thinking why is an Irish Republican yeah. in this house and it took about, an, uh, about a good hour before it was explained what happened and I kind of was thinking, would that really happen? I'm not really sure if that's uh, really, really true. So I was kind of confused with that. I was confused with the fact that Hugh Bonneville was married to uh, an American. And that kind yeah. of confused me as well. And then I thought, OK, it's a nod to Edward and Mrs. Simpson, probably. you know, yeah, yeah. And also to try and you know, bring in an American audience. And... Um, and so, of course, I was waiting all the time for um, uh, Maggie Smith to arrive. And, of course, Maggie Smith and Penelope Wilton have this kind of lovely, wonderful relationship. And there was some lovely the one, stuff.
2: The one-liners. Yeah.
0: Oh, and w- at one day she says, I don't argue, I explain. Yeah. Which I thought was a really, really great line. And I love Penelope Wilton anyway, from every yeah, circles. circle. And
2: I tell you what what's even better about the movie for, for Penelope, they gave her more lines than they did in the series. In oh, the series, really? it was always Maggie Smith the giant They gave her more, which, yeah. which which I enjoyed. And
0: the other thing I enjoyed, too, of course, is Imelda on this wonderful actress and you know of course she and Maggie Smith in the Harry Potter movies have this yeah. kind of thing going and it was here as well and that was happening here as well. I did have I was a bit confusing as well about some of the male leads because they all looked the same to me. They were all tall dark hair, short and short hair and when they had kind of hats on I, I found it difficult to tell the difference between them. Yeah. I also thought that to, you know the, the, the king and queen are coming to, 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 to the house Abbey. and they bring their own staff which causes a lot of tension with the Downton Abbey staff of course and I was kind of thinking the revolt. Would it really happen in real life? I don't oh. think it would in any way shape or form because those were great jobs to have if you were out of that house you were in the workhouses and so on so I didn't really believe that particular part but it was done it, it's really directed really quickly it's directed by an English director who works on a, a lot of American TV shows like 30 Rock and Sex in the City and it was directed very very quickly like no, no scenes tend to last for more than a minute there's a lot of handheld cameras and, and it just moves and quicks and moves and quicks with a beautiful soundtrack I thought it was great.
2: Well done. well done. <laughs> and it looks, it, as, as I think every fan of Downton Abbey knew, it was going to transfer from the TV yep. onto the big screen. It was made for the big screen. That scene where the butler walks up the driveway yeah. and the
0: music. It and, is beautiful.
2: Yeah. Oh, I swear the hair stood up in the back of my neck when the music started. Yeah. Because it, and as you say, that scene at the start was very almost Harry Potterish. ish at, that's, at, that's exactly what I thought. Because I, I, I went with my niece who wasn't a fan of Downton Abbey. So I spent the first five minutes going and he was back to her <laughs> and their sisters and that guy that Irish guy And then she eventually had to shut up because everybody in this casino he was speaking. And all, you thinking. knew
1: all that whereas I, knew I didn't. All that. So that yeah, was yeah, it was great. Thing.
2: And it's still at the cinema, and it's 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 funny. It's it's showing in the daytime, and groups of women are going along, yes. and, and it really and is me. great. Yeah. And Mark, and um, so Mark, it out of ten. I
0: I'll give it nine. No, it nine is too long. Ten. You were right though. It is it too is, long. Yeah. Two hours. But yeah, yeah, it is. But it, it is was I enjoyed it Downton
2: Abbey at the movies. Go along. Well done. So so you didn't see Strike. I'll do it next week. Strike next week. All right. Thank you for that. That's Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. Texas Trish, I didn't want the Downton Abbey film to end. Oh, neither did I. Neither did I. Absolutely adored it. Uh, Best of luck. Uh, Kathleen says, best of luck to Kildallari karate team and their coach, Martin Sheehan. They're competing in the Karate World Championship in the Czech Republic this weekend oh best of luck Kathleen let us know how they get on and we'll give them a mention on uh, Monday and hi Patricia I heard you mention that lady on the programme who's struggling financially Mary in her early 60s along with her husband I would like to join with your other listener Colette in encouraging her and hoping that she will keep in mind that she's not defined uh, by her financial circumstances alone I hope everything works out for her best wishes people are so kind thank you that's a lovely lovely text uh, to uh, receive a couple of things to mention before we go oh can I say a big thank you to everybody at the Aurora shop in Mallow and St Joseph's Road they had a coffee morning yesterday part of the World Mental Health Day and they very kindly because we couldn't get down to the coffee morning because we were on air they very kindly sent up some cakes that we really enjoyed so hi to everybody at the Aurora uh, shop and we hope that your coffee morning was a huge huge success for you yesterday Uh, Harvest of Thanksgiving Festival is on at Kilgariff Church of Ireland in Conakilty that's at half past eight tonight. All are very welcome to go along. And I've had an email in asking me to announce the annual Killian McCarthy quiz in aid of Marymount. It's at the Mons Bar on the N22 between McCroom and Ballivorney And it's on tonight at nine o'clock. There'll be a raffle and a Christmas tree auction. Never too early to get your Christmas tree. All support, most welcome. uh, It's going to be a fun, fun event. We hope you enjoy uh, that. And of course, very best of luck. And I hope everybody enjoys the wonderful night we're going to have tonight in the Kingsley Hotel. This is all part of the Cork Volunteer Centre and their first ever volunteer awards night. We have 10 awards that we... The people already know that they're after winning they're coming along to pick up their award and then of course out of that 10 we'll pick out one overall C103 Cork volunteer uh, volunteer for 2019 but we hope we're looking forward to a really really fun night out and um, if you're going along tonight I look forward to meeting you all now Nick Richards is next turning up the feel good with some of these tunes <laughs> That's Nick with our Feel Good Friday from 1 and of course it's followed up with uh, more Feel Good tunes with Martina from 4. And very finally, let me get, can I squeeze this in before I go? There is a fundraising coffee morning will be held at Wilder Co on Main Street in Clonakilty next Sunday from 9am to 2pm. It is in aid of Active Kindness West Cork Cancer Support charity. They raise funds locally and they help people affected with cancer in the local community Now they are looking for donations of cakes and buns They would be most welcome so if you fancy doing a bit of baking in advance of that special coffee morning next Sunday please do and if you're not a great baker what you can do is you can go along and have a cup of coffee buy one of the buns and cakes and support them because it's a great charity 9am to 2pm next um, Sunday. That's where I leave you For today, my thanks to John Paul McNamara for uh, producing. We'll talk to you on Monday morning at 10. Hi, I'm
6: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.